Heck yeah, I'm ready. Welcome to GFBS, where Grand Fork's best source on a doity Thursday. I'm John Roberts, along with the Bullring boy, Chad Hoff. In the studio today, Brian and Dustin Strand. I've been so psyched up for this show. Show today, by the way, brought to you by Pure Mist. You know, if you want continuous protection to any indoor space, contact Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection. Their multifaceted process uses advanced technologies to destroy contaminants in the air and on surfaces. Pure Mist can protect homes, businesses, classrooms, clinics, fitness clubs, retail stores, hotels, childcare centers, podcast studios, race shops, and more. Yeah, you know, this is the apex of indoor environment protection. Destroying surfaces and airborne microbes, including viruses, bacteria, mold, fungi, allergens, and odors. And you bet you didn't know this, ActivePure is an FDA-tested and approved technology to reduce and eliminate SARS and COV-2. That's the virus that causes COVID-19. You know what? Our studio is now protected by Pure Mission to protect yourself, too. Call Chad at 763-229-7969 or go to puremistcode.com. Protection of every second of every day, 365 days a year. Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection. Clean spaces, healthy people. Well, if you have any questions for Brian or Dustin or Chad Hoff or myself, feel free to call or text our phone number here at GFBS 701-213-0863. That's 213-0863. Time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Did you hear about the farmer who used his stimulus check to buy baby chickens? Did you hear about the farmer that used his stimulus check to buy baby chickens? I got me on my edge of my seat here, John. Yeah. He got his money for nothing and his chicks for free. <laughs> that was all right, wasn't it? Hey, I like money that. for nothing. That's a good one. All right. Way um, to think of that one. That was a good one. Yeah. I thank my neighbor for that one. Uh, Brian and Dustin Strand, welcome to the studio, boys. How are you? Doing good. Good, good. Dustin, you've been, well, you're a veteran of the show. About time you drugged the old man with. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've been trying to get him on. We've been doing kind of a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame thing here the last couple of weeks. And, uh, Dustin, I'm going to ask both of you guys a few of the same questions, but uh, first off, Brian, what do you do with your time? What do you do during the day, on a regular day, not in the winter? Uh, not in the winter, well, it varies, usually fixing in the morning and try to get farm work done in the afternoon and evening. Okay, so you're a farmer, and, and where do you live? Brockett. Okay, Brockett, and that's where? Uh, Ten miles north of Lakota. Okay, okay. Why Why am I getting Bemidji in here somewhere? Well, we were there for 15 or 18 years or whatever it was. Okay, okay. So you do not live in Bemidji? Nope. Okay. What do you nor- nor- mostly farm? Uh, wheat and soybeans. Yeah? Good year this year? Yeah, it was good average. Yeah? I heard soybeans are up a little bit, though. Is that all right? Yeah. Good, good. Um, And Dustin, what do you do besides build badass race cars? I think I just run every direction some days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've got a growing family. Um, well, they're growing. I don't know if you're going to add to that growing family or not, but uh, what do you got, a couple of daughters? Yeah, two little girls, yep. Yeah, and uh, you, you're lucky enough to get to work with the wife in the same building? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's a door in between us, so when she gets sick of me, she just locks it, then she doesn't have to deal with me, but uh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, do you have a key? <laughs> no, she, she don't give me Really? A key. 
Do you stick your hand underneath there and be like, hey, can you still see me? <laughs> yeah. I love you. Like my damn cat does <laughs> when I'm trying to sit down and read the paper, you yeah. know? On the crapper. <laughs> yeah. He's under there. He's like, hey. Well, open the door. <laughs> Just open the door so yeah. I can look in and then you can close it again and see, then they're good. You can see dust outside the door. Meh. Yeah. I'm Goats. hungry. Yes. It's time for food. Yeah. And uh, speaking of cats, uh, yeah. by the way, and I don't know if you saw it on Facebook or not, but uh, I put the post out there. Uh, my neighbor's missing their German Shepherd. Beautiful dog. Purebred dog named Grizzly. Uh, we live out uh, on Business 2 and Highway 2 there. Right. And uh, so if anybody happens to see him, he might have got across the river on the ice. Uh, feel free to call us here at the studio or uh, get a hold of me. I understand. Very nice German Shepherds. So don't be afraid to go up to it, right? No. You can call it. Perfect dog. Yeah. Is, his name is Grizzly. So keep there your you eyes go. open. Let's help out, people. Yeah. Um, first question now as we get rolling. Um, Brian, when did you start racing? Uh, I believe it was 79. And uh, what got you into it? Uh, I had an uncle that went to the races every week. And when we'd come up, at that time, we were living in Minneapolis. You know, we'd come up during the summer, we'd go to the races with him and just took good interest to it. Yeah, what was uh, what class did you race at first? Uh, I think they called it a street stock. Mm-hmm. How many years did you run that car? Or did it last more than a year? Yeah, I ran that <laughs> class a couple of years, and then they come up with a new rule and made it, a, I don't know if they called them late models then or not, but... And uh, then they figured out that four thousand pound car couldn't keep up very good, so they let me finish that year back in the streets, and then had a late model after that. Mm-hmm. Um, how many years did you race a late model? Because I mean, it's funny. Be you, how many years have you been out of racing? First, I should ask. Oh God, Dustin can probably answer that better than me, but it's got to be twelve years or maybe more. I don't know, something like yeah. that. Yeah, probably roughly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you ran the late model the rest of your career then? Well, I think I I probably ran a modified more than a late model, but I raced uh, late models steady there for a while. And then when we started building our own cars in the 80s, uh, late 80s, then I started racing modifieds because I figured if I better if I'm building them, I better mm-hmm. race them. So mm-hmm. then I'd switch back and forth and go have some fun once in a while. But yeah, whatever made you decide to start building race cars? Well, I was selling other people's stuff, and every one of them I had to fix something on. Like I sold a lot of one guy's cars, and the seats never fit. He never did fix the problem. Mm-hmm. I was the only one having that problem, evidently. <laughs> and uh, then the last one I got from, and he only welded about half of it. Oh, boy. So I sent him a bill for welding the chassis up, and he paid it. And that was the last one I sold. After that, I started building my own. That's when you looked at it like, gosh, I could just do this myself and, <laughs> and just save this. Yeah. I mean, and then how'd the word get out after that? You, everything else started ballooning from that. Yeah, you know, I, I started building a, you know, I never really, when we built our first jig, I just started building a, mo- a modified, I think it was then. And uh, then when Brad wanted a super stock, he didn't yep. have a jig for that. We just built his car and built a jig right with it. <laughs> and it was kind of an experimental deal. And I don't know, that thing didn't die till about two, three years ago. Uh, it went through <laughs> I don't know how many owners. Brad won the national championship yeah. with it. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, that's got to be pretty neat uh, when a car you build wins national championship. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've won it. I don't know as... Close to 10 times now out of our shop, huh? That's uh, crazy. And then you just kind of took over? 
Is I that guess. how that works? Well, I, I, I kind of started racing, and uh, we were both racing for a while, but I think he kind of knew in the back of his head when I started racing full-time, we really couldn't afford to both do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's why we kind of just, I've been driving, I guess, and but he's he's just a big a part of it as I am. Oh, what's the deal with the big Wild West shootout? Uh, I just saw something on social media that had your name plastered all over it. Well, yeah, he won it last year. Well, I know that, but I mean, coming up to this year, uh, oh, you're on like the poster or something? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, they had the... the Four champions mm-hmm. from last year yeah. on this year's poster, yeah. I mean, it, you act like it's no big deal. Yeah. Oh, oh, that. <laughs> oh. See, I just told him, I say, when I see it, I'm like, I know that guy. Yeah. 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 Like, wait yeah, a no, second. A, that's a pretty sweet deal. Actually, we've been kind of worried as things progress with all this virus stuff, if things are going to get canceled. You know, we've been preparing to go, and uh, how do you really know what's, what's going down? But it True. sounds like, I think as far as they're concerned, they're doing it less a it, higher power. Yeah, and, and, and when is that? Uh, it's uh, be like the 7th of January it starts, so it's coming up in a hurry. Okay, so how much work do you have left to do before you're ready to go over there? A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I just kind of had a little panic attack yeah. this morning, actually. Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, our own car doesn't need a lot of work. We probably need about a day to just finish things on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got uh, a lot of customer cars we need to get done. We got four or five to letter and three or four yet rebuilds to do. And so, yeah, I, oh. I was thinking this morning... You know, we really only have about a week and a half, and then it's Christmas, and then I'm yeah. I'm gone for my wife's family Christmas for a week. So basically, we got a week and a half to oh, do a month's man. worth of work in. So yeah, and then you got Roberts calling you, going, "Where the hell are you?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, you said eleven forty-five. Oops. Yes. Yeah, my we, bad. We probably could have just zoomed him in from his from his shop <laughs> as he's working on stuff. Hey, Dustin, one more question for you. I got yeah. <laughs> now. I, I want to get imagine because Brian, you come up and and work in the shop a lot over the winter. Um, you probably maybe wish you had two dads right about now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Four arms instead of two. Um, when you talk about building your own car, uh, big news now in the world of outlaw late models, Ricky Weiss, he's going to start building his own car. Do you know anything about that? No, probably just what you did. I just saw that post they had mm-hmm. on there or whatever. I, I mean, that's, that's big news. It is. I mean, because he got in with Bloomquist, you know, and, and everybody thought, wow, uh, now – yeah, you know that's something because Bloomer. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows him, but I mean, Ricky had another great year. Um, I would think, you know, that'd be a pretty big jump uh, when you're on a platform like that to say, okay, we're going to build our own cars now. And, and I just wonder how how that's going to work. What uh, do you think? I it's tough to say. I mean, he did so well before, but then again, you go, you got we got two guys in the shop in the in the studio right now build their own cars. And look what they've done. Mm-hmm. Ten national championships. I mean, you got Dustin's poster, freaking name plaster everywhere. I mean, we got local legends right in front of us mm-hmm. that have done this. I would say I would say Ricky has a good shot about it. He's been doing it enough. He should be interesting to see. But he was he ran for what well, was a rookie of the year in World of Outlaws he yep. had. And so he did that and he was running pretty good last year for points wise. I think he did he finish second it this was year? Second or third. But now it's a total reset, right? I mean when you're doing your own chassis, that's a whole nother ball game. You yeah, got a lot of, lot of things to think about. Right. Yeah. You just and it's the yep. one good thing I think he's probably got going for him, and I think Dustin if Dustin had his own time just to worry about his chassis, it it'd be way better for him. But when he's got Six other, other guys six pounding on his doors. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I need letters. I need this. I need mm-hmm. this done. I need a new bumper. I need. So I think he'll be okay. I, I think he will. I think he, if he if he should use his resources right, 
there's plenty of people he could reach out to that mm-hmm. he's raced with before that would help. Well, I just wonder if his um, shop, his, his building shop or his, his fabrication shop, is that's going to be up in Headingley or if that's going to be in the United States. I'm guessing probably down south somewhere. You, um, did you see Kennedy's post on there? Did you guys see Kennedy's post on Facebook where he wants to move everything to the States and hide out for a little while and race and then go back whenever you can? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's COVID bullshit. Don't even get me started on that. No, but, no. Um, uh, it's just, I, I don't know. I'm interested, John. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be really cool for him to try it. And if it succeeds, then we're going to see what happens. Yeah. It's going to build from that. Uh, when we talk about the Canadian racers and especially the race fans, too, uh, I talked with Bill Mooney for quite a while yesterday, and um, I noticed he's got a lot of his stuff up for sale because he said, let's face it, he goes, you know what? A lot of people think when you're not racing, you're saving money, which I get, but he also says you're losing money, you know, because a lot of his sponsors are here in the United States, and so right now he said, since we have no idea what's going on, put my stuff up for sale. If it sells and things change, well, then I'm going to have to go to plan B, but I don't know what that really is right now. But um, this is the last thing I wanted to see was these guys that we missed all last year because yeah. they're fun. I'm sure they're fun to race against. Um, but between the, the drivers from Canada uh, and the fans from Canada, I mean, I miss walking through little Canada. I miss yeah. the food. I miss the beer. Miss I miss it too. all. They miss you too. And, yeah, and, it's on there. And I'm glad that uh, <laughs> that they are all still <laughs> at least watching the show. Um, Brian, when did you get inducted into the River City Hall of Fame? He looks back to Dustin. And he keeps Dustin looking at Dustin. Yeah. Time kind of goes by with me, but I, it seems like it was like three years ago probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, was I the one that was down there talking? Um, I don't even remember. I think so because Bill Mooney was there, or not Pat Bill, Pat Mooney, Pat Mooney yep. you know, but I think he was just there because when he got inducted, he asked me to be up there with him, and I'm, I don't know, Pat might have talked too, but I'm sure you were there. Yeah, and, and you know, here's the thing about Pat Mooney, um, I, I consider myself a pretty good announcer. Right. I think he's the best dirt track announcer ever. You know, I really, really do. Was it two years ago to where he came and said, because he was filling in and then I filled in. And then two years ago, he was like, yeah, this kid, he can do it. Let, let chat take over. And I'm like, holy crap. That's, yeah. I mean, that was Pat said that that's pretty yeah. cool as uh, an announcer. And uh, apparently that. he told, I can't remember if it was me or management, but he said, I got nothing for those guys. So, <laughs> I mean, that's like a little pat on the back I for guess, us. I, guess which, we're doing something I mean, you know, good. we can toot our horn once in a while. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, Brian and Dustin Strand in the studio, along with uh, Bullring boy, Chad Hoff, Bullring boy. Uh, you know what? Uh, I got a, a text from an executive properties customer, and this is what she said. I called executive properties in desperation for an egress window install in Minto before winter. Uh, we had contacted several other companies. were told they would come over in the summer, but uh, then they must have forgot about us. Executive properties agreed to the project. They gave us instructions on what to do before they arrived. They first drove up to lay down a blanket to warm up the ground. They came back, completed the job quickly, did a great job cleaning up afterwards, which I greatly appreciated. They stuck around and gave us some helpful hints and ideas as we are remodeling our basement. They later emailed and texted me to make sure we were happy with the finished project. Said I could call back if I have any other remodeling questions. Very kind, reliable, competitively priced. I'd also like to add that they were careful and did not damage the yard or landscaping. Now, this is what executive properties does all the time. 
Uh, tell you what, call 701-330-1273 or go to executiveproperties.org. What are you giggling at over there? Oh, we're looking at everybody uh, commenting here. And I, I, showed, I showed them over there. Kevin Papifus. If I'm right, I think Brian ran out of gas in his first feature. Someone forgot to put fuel in. And I think he was leading. And he's I look over at him, and he's reading. And he's like, I don't know, I don't remember. <laughs> Once again, he looks at Dustin. Dustin? No, <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, for some reason, my phone is not working here, so I'm not seeing these. I uh, remember Brian and Dale Skitlin always racing hard with each other. There you go. Oh, Brian Staus. Yeah. What's your most memorable race ever, Brian? Do you know? Do you remember? Hmm. Well, I remember. Uh... One of the first times Dustin raced late model, it was pretty cool because we were at Jamestown, and I don't think that was the first time, but uh, we were in the same heat, and uh, I think I don't remember. Oh yeah, that's you started on the front row that time, and anyway, uh, we had to get going here, so I went flying by him, and he said, "Jeez, that guy cut me off." Here it was me. So. <laughs> you ever return the favor? Yeah, well, we we didn't really get to race against each other a whole lot, but there's probably yeah. been, I don't know, eight, ten times we have over the years or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty that's cool. Pretty a mod deal in, in eight, I can remember, too. I was leading, and and uh, no, I don't think I was leading. I was probably running about third. I could see the leader, and I saw some guys wrecking lap cars, so I kind of got out of the throttle, and he went flying by me. He had to have 40 <laughs> miles an hour on me. I was thinking, where are you going, kid? Yeah. And you, the wreck had already That's happened. hilarious. So then they charged him with the wreck and put him to the back. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we had uh, Tommy and Blake Eglin on the show here a couple of weeks ago, and I asked Tom, uh, most memorable favorite moment ever on the track. And uh, he said it was when Blake won. Uh, it, you gotta, it's got to be pretty proud Oh, to yeah. watch what Dustin has done because, uh, I mean, let's face it, he's no slouch. No matter where he goes, the guy knows how to win. But um, how cool is it to, to, you know, think, well, he followed my footsteps and yeah. uh, he's continuing on. But um, there's got to be a lot of pride because I, I know I've seen you uh, with an awfully big grin on your face many a night in the pits <laughs> at River City Speedway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> well, if he followed my footsteps, I think he took off and left me. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's pretty cool to see it. Uh, one end, it's really nice. The other end, when I see what goes on, sometimes it's tough. Yeah. You know? uh, whatever. You got to take the good with the bad. Yep. Do you have any idea how many features you won in your career? No, I don't know for sure. It, for sure. You know, a lot of stuff wasn't tracked then, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you keep track, Dustin, of your wins? Well, I kind of did have a somewhat close total, but I... Honestly, don't remember what that number is. I think it's close to 300. But. Wow. That is just yeah. crazy. I mean, I know guys that have been doing this for 25 years and have only got, you know, maybe one, two, or three feature wins, and they just to keep plugging away at it. Um, after the first win, did it get any easier for you? No, oh, I don't know if it's, it's – I don't know if you ever say it would be easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the, the excitement's probably still the same because yeah. he's always pumped up. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – uh, I, I – uh, well, I love I love every part about it, but uh, but yeah, every win is is awesome. Well, the first win he ever got, he didn't get. Huh? So yeah, yeah, he uh, started last in the street stock race, and uh, we had an old four door Impala that was a pure stock, and he passed everybody and won the deal. And they interviewed him for twenty minutes, you know, so he kind of lost his train of thought, I suppose. 
Oh, forgot, you didn't weigh. Forgot to go to the scale. And, uh, the tech guy followed him to the trailer and waited till he stepped out instead of telling him to go to the scale. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so they took that one away from him. Yeah, every time I go and I finish it with Dust or whoever, it's always, don't forget to scale, guys. Don't forget to scale. <laughs> yeah. We just had awesome emotion to really be horrible right. if you go and you forget to scale. Hey, you always, yep, I got you. Yep, yep. I got you. Yeah, you got no the, problem. The winner with an asterisk at yeah, the end. Yeah, winner with an asterisk. The one thing you say about Dustin, too, even, even when bad luck hits, you're always still smiling. I mean, you, it's racing. You'll go talk to him walking. Hey, it's racing. You know, at the Johnny, he was leading two years ago. And we go in, and all of a sudden, I, I'm looking around. I'm watching. And where's the 71 car? Oh, it was behind me. And I, you, know, you get out and you look, and I'm like, what happened? He goes, I don't know, I lost something. I don't know what happened then. But you're just, it's, it's racing. There's next year. So how do you get that mentality to make sure to, to, to wash that off like that so easy like you do? I don't, I don't know if I always do, but <laughs> there's something. It just, when uh, I see you, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, I got a text here. Uh, the Strand crew has always been willing to visit at the track. Always a great crew to visit with. Thanks, Joshua. Um, does that enter your mind uh, when something bad happens, knowing that there's going to be a ton of kids coming in to talk to you after the racetrack and, or after the races are done? And we know how you guys are at the end of the night, uh, whether it's a good night or a bad night. But do you ever think about those kind of things, thinking, look, couldn't have had the worst luck, you know, uh, especially when you talk about the Johnny. Yeah. I mean, you're – you know, it's pretty much common knowledge. You don't have very good luck on that three-day race. But um, do you ever think about that, thinking, okay, just shake it off, because uh, i got to go be someone that these kids are going to look up to here in a couple of minutes? Yeah, and it's probably more prominent now that I have little kids at home, too. You know, you probably think about that more now than right. I used to, you know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. He has a coach at home that tells him that once in a while. Once yeah, in a while. Yeah, once, in a, once in a while. Reset, calm down. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, Cadence, and, Cadence usually reminds me the next morning. We're having breakfast, and Dad, you didn't, you didn't win last night. You broke your car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks. Yes. Yes, I know. Uh, Brian, Dustin Carr is still the best-looking paint scheme. Uh, gee, leave it up to Dave Adams. Build a sprint car. Yeah. You ever think about dabbling in a sprint car? Uh, well, there's been a couple times where, you know, we had an opportunity to maybe hot lap a car or whatever. Actually, one time I was going to hot lap, I believe it was Nygaard's car, and uh, my head stuck out the cage, so that didn't work. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my wife told me if she ever found out that I was in a sprint car, she'd come walk out on the track and pull me out of it. So, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of scared about the sprint cars? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean... Got a lot more steel and metal around you in a late model. That's a yeah, whole that's, different animal. I've worked on a few sprint cars, and there's uh, there's not a lot of it, well, for Lux compared to like the cage we have on us, there's mm-hmm. not a lot there to no, no. And yeah. and what gets me is the drive shaft right between your legs. Yeah. That that always makes me a little nervous. Mm-hmm. That gives you a whole other definition of pucker factor right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a whole other problem. I mean, I just I, I wonder do sprint car drivers wear a nut cup like you would playing hockey? You'd almost I don't to. think yeah, I don't think it would do you a whole lot of good. Gary, getting a bearing to the giblets would be a pretty changing theory. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, what was I doing? Okay, I got back hit to the, Brian and I, I got hit in the giblets by a shaft. Yeah, that, that doesn't was, sound good either. No, nope. nope. uh, I'm not even going to try it now. All right, <laughs> um, Brian, do you have one race in particular that you would consider your biggest win ever? Well, one that sticks in my mind was uh, they had a 
5,000 to win modified race at Jamestown. <laughs> it was called the Coca-Cola Classic or whatever. And we had trouble to begin with, and I think I started in the back of that and won that deal. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that's that sticks awesome. out in your mind? Yeah, well, there's several, you know. I mean, that, I don't know, probably the funnest one I had was the last, or second or third to the last time I raced a modified Greenbush had just put new dirt on the mm-hmm. track. Mm-hmm. And uh, we happened to have an extra modified laying there, so we took two <laughs> modifieds to Greenbush and uh, ended up finishing first and second. So that was that was pretty sweet. That you know, I awesome. bet you that'd be kind of cool because that um, is pretty cool. You know, who's that old guy over there? Right, that's Brian Strand. Who? Well, I thought I had a chance Ooh. of winning tonight, but I guess it's over yeah. now. <laughs> is is he a, related to Dustin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had one of the Canadian guys got between us there towards the end on a restart and. Dustin went in the corner. It was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of wheelie action going on. And he went into the corner, dropped the right rear off the track. And I seen him left front in the air about four feet. And I thought, oh, boy. <laughs> well, about that time that this, this guy, uh, what's his name? I can't even remember the number one car there. Uh, oh, Delane? Yeah, he put a slide job on me and got ahead of me. And I just drove back under him. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, he told us, geez, I got in the corner, and your old man, he's all wheelied up. And then I get up there, and you're off the track. And I said, you know, one place you don't want to be is between us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when, you, when you look at, like, so when you started building cars and, and the technology advancement from then to now, what goes through your mind? Could you have done what you've done back then today? No. I mean, look at uh, just how much have changed just in your eyes. Yeah, there was a lot of homemade stuff going on when we raced way back, you know. And, right. Uh, Tommy was one that had some pretty nice stuff. All, you know, he'd, he'd, he knew what to get or had connections or whatever. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff where my dad was a machinist, of course. Right. And uh, so there was hardly any new stuff, but you'd, you'd make something in the shop mm-hmm. or whatever. A uh, couple of more texts here. Uh, Jason, I was there. So cool. And uh, by the way, Wade did text and say, you drive mine, I'll drive yours, with a question mark. Uh, Joshua, I still remember a show at Ada several years ago where Dustin was in some sort of incident early in the feature, came from the back, and on his way to the win, covered grandstands were louder as than the cars, <laughs> as 50% of the fans were rooting for Dustin, and 50% were booing him. It was awesome. <laughs> You know, that's the thing, though. Uh, when I you start it. winning races, they either love you or hate you, right? Yeah, that's right. And and you know what? If they're going to boo you because you're a winner, uh, so what? Yeah. So be it. Obviously, yeah. they have a bigger problem about anybody yeah. else. No kidding. I see a lot more orange shirts in the crowd, though, than I see haters. Uh, I You see that every every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a, as a race car driver, you, you probably sit there and you think, if he's running late to an event or something, like, oh, this could be a pretty good field. All right, Liam Reynolds are showing up. Oh, crap. There's a 71. Well, yeah. here we go. <laughs> okay. Well, they got to try really hard tonight to do something good, you know? And you had one of those races, you know, Brody Trofgruben won this week, this year, this last year in, in Devil's Lake. And, and you were right there with him, too. How cool is that for you as a driver, now a veteran, to have a, one guy, you know, what do you say to a guy like Brody to get his first win at Devil's Lake? How do you, how do you approach him? Yeah, he was he was really excited. We were happy for him too. You know, we've been kind of helping him out, yeah. to steer him in the right direction, and uh, he's been improving a lot, uh, especially this last year. And 
Yeah, they do. He does a good job. Yeah, their whole family's just been super to us. You know, right. Like the Hunter family and whatever. I mean, it's just uh, we're all kind of a big crew there, you know. The race family's strong right yeah. there in those two families. Oh, that's yeah. awesome, you guys. I mean, that's just and it's pretty cool. Them, you know, but. Oh, yeah, there's so much more. I mean, his. You look at his Facebook post for Millennium Chassis, and you guys are selling the cars now, and you guys, you know, you're dabbling in the in the wraps now, and I got to see a sneak peek of a wrap that you're doing, and I, I'm all pumped up for everything that's coming out. And when you look at this next couple months, and then when you, the the whole thing came out now that Bristol's going to have a dirt track race, what goes through your head if they have late models at Bristol Motor Speedway? On dirt. Well, we we probably wouldn't go there with a late model. We don't really have the right. Uh, for sure, don't have a motor to run that deal. Unless right. somebody comes up with some horsepower, maybe. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, if it was a modified deal, I mean, that I mean, that's a long ways from home. But it would be really awesome to do. Uh, they well, then they did that twenty years ago. It was an invite only deal. Right. And they invited like forty guys, and Dad was one of them that got invited. Heck yeah! And he didn't go because didn't have the funding to do it. You know. Right. But uh, definitely would be cool to do it. Right. Oh yeah, I think for sure when the Wild West shoot out there, your name is going to oh, be yeah. involved somewhere. I'm yeah. And then you start sure. to get known nationwide. You know, that's the cool thing too. Hundred um, percent. Hands down, Brian, one of the best in the business in the national championship. One seventy one. Um, I didn't do my homework. You were a national champion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Twice. And, twice. Yeah. <laughs> twice. And, uh, what's your deal. biggest? What's your biggest moment? No. Not a Talk about deal. being a national champion. How freaking cool is that? Well, I, I won it twice in the modifieds, and I was second one year in the late model. And they take your best 30, and that was my 30th night. And I broke the drive shaft at Aberdeen. So uh, if that wouldn't have happened, we probably would have got that one too. But, yeah, it, Dustin winning the championship was probably superior to mine. That was kind of a goal of mine. And, mm-hmm. you know, anybody that wins one in one of our cars is like, Totally awesome. Yeah, and, and right. to do it as a father and son, I mean, that is pretty crazy. When we were talking about um, your your paint scheme, uh, it's been very much the same uh, throughout the years, it's at least awesome from what car. I can remember. Um, we call the strand section the pumpkin patch <laughs> in the stands. But um, we were just talking about, uh, you mentioned Tommy. Uh, Tom Corcoran says, still using the strand repair bead breaker that I bought back in the 80s. Damn, we're getting old. <laughs> uh, Tom was on the show last week, and uh, love having him in the studios. Brian, been a couple of years since you've been in a race car. Uh, I mean, when you look at you, when you talk to you, have a beer with you or whatever, uh, you would never know that that you're a retired race car driver. Um, I know dang well you could get back in a car this summer and still be up there and probably be talking to Chad in Victory Lane. But uh, you ever get that itch anymore, or are you pretty happy with what you're, with what you're doing now? You know, there's, there's times about every third day I do, but then usually by the time I go to bed, I forget about it. <laughs> you, you forget about it. Well, I re- realize that that probably ain't it, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you have an extra car laying around, like has happened, would you think about it again? Yeah. Yeah, you know, in my mind right now, I plan on racing a little bit this winter maybe just to screw around at an imca race or something there you go go down to kokopa wherever they have down there and and check it out and see how things go i might have to steal a car from somebody and they don't know about it yet (laughs) (laughs) but don't worry guys it'll be fully repaired when you get it back yeah Yeah, there's no worries uh glad kevin pappenfuss is watching he said it doesn't matter where you sit in the stands you always have 20 people with strand shirts sitting around you yes uh that's got to be pretty cool when you hear this stuff 
And not to mention, um, it helps when you can sell some merchandise. Right, right. How many shirts do you think you go through in a season? Jesus, last year we sold quite a few. Uh, uh, I don't even know. I know when I got the bill for ordering that order of shirts, about fell over. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, that, even that shirt deal, if a guy could sell all of them, you know, you'd do okay. But usually half of them get given away and half get sold. So you hope, yeah. you, hope you can get close to break even on the deal. Yeah. You know, but- so this might be a dumb question, but I'm sure your chassis company is on the shirts somewhere on the car. Can't that be kind of a write-off for advertising? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So there is ways to do it, mm-hmm. or you got to be a little bit. You got to be one step ahead, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Always trying to figure out taxes. You have to have stuff to write off. Yeah. Okay. You know, that helps too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, how many of your race cars um, were on the track last year? Whole. Oh. Jeez, you know I don't honestly. I don't even know that number to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, finding more and more people though are buying those uh, those modifieds. And uh, it, it, well, it's a fact. Yeah. They're the ones that are up at the top. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It seems like uh, the few the tracks mods, yeah. I've gone to, yeah. And uh, boy, the chassis is just getting better and better. Are you finding out more people now are changing and going with you guys? Well, some. I mean, uh, we're, we've never really been a. We don't mass produce cars as far as just building a frame, mm-hmm. throw it out the door. You know, some guys want to buy a car like that, but we kind of. When a car, new car leaves our shop, well, any car for that matter, it's pretty much all race ready when it leaves here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we want everything to be right, too. Right. You know, so. And I think the, the after the fact, the service part of it, too, I think is where Dustin shines the most. Yeah. I mean, if so, if a driver has a problem, he can go probably talk to Dustin, just knock some ideas off of my pride at the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or he's even said before, he'll probably want to get in and just, I want to feel what you're feeling. Let's see, let's, let's diagnose this thing. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't stop at one. Those mass producers... You, I don't think you're going to yeah. get that kind of service. Yeah, well, you know, if it's like an assembly line thing, yeah. things do go wrong once in a while. Yeah, and the last and, thing uh, you want is a recall. Yeah, especially in a race car. <laughs> now, d- do you find it hard, Dustin, uh, being at the track, trying to focus on your own night, your own car, or cars, depending on what you're running that night, and you have these people coming up to you with their problems, does that tend to get you away from what you're thinking and what you're trying to accomplish, or as being... A chassis builder, a car builder, no matter what, you take the time to go say, well, let's go take a look. Or do you ever have to just go, you're going to have to catch me later, man. I mean, can't you see my That's car? Is, before. My car looks like an accordion. I got stuff yeah. to do here. I love you, but give me yeah. like 20 minutes here. Yeah. Right? No, we're fortunate. Usually dad's there and Timmy and Nate are usually always oh, there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, you know, unless it's a, a major problem we're having with our car, we try to make time to keep sure. everybody going, you know. But, but, yeah, there's times when you get overwhelmed and. You just uh, don't know which way to go, you know? So if I was to call you guys and say, look, I'm thinking about running a B-Mod. I want a brand new car. How long is it going to take me to get one? Well, it all depends on, uh, like you say, when or, you know, what we got for uh, orders going right now, whatever. But Mm -hmm. you see probably around a month to build a car. Yep. Complete. So if I would be third in line, say you've got three cars to build in front of me. Does money talk? Could I get bumped? <laughs> I'm not talking about getting into racing here. I'm just, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I love that answer. Um, what do you enjoy more, Brian, building or racing? I suppose there's a satisfaction in both. But. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess uh, where we're at right now, the building part of it's pretty important to us. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
This the weekly upkeep, I think, for people is their biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, you know, if you want to be uh, keep visiting Victory Lane, there's things you have to do every week. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody that yeah. that's, wins on a regular basis, ask them about their week when they're not at the racetrack. They don't yeah. just, you don't just pull the car out of the trailer, wash it up, and put it back in. There's a lot of things. Maintenance. Uh, just for example, let's say, what do you do on a regular week? For your late model. When you get home on Friday night, tell us about the rest of the week. And that's if you're not racing anywhere else. Yeah, well, the car's got to get cleaned up, first of all. And that's more than just washing the outside. You know, there's a lot of... It, it's amazing how long it takes to clean a car up, too. I mean, pressure washer yeah, out. We, got, we had a nice day here, and I hadn't got it cleaned up even from Jamestown. So I figured we better get it out and do it. I mean, it's a two-and-a-half-hour deal to get it out jacked up, wheels off, and... Clean it. I mean, Clean you do it, it right, you know. Yeah. They hate working on greasy stuff. So. Yeah, right. Uh, and, you know, you want to keep your sponsors happy, so these things mm-hmm. got to be cleaned up. Um, I'm having problems with my phone. Uh, Chad, could you scroll yeah. down again? Because we've got a couple of more uh, texts here, uh, and they're good ones. Uh, let's see. Okay, there you go. Hey, Brian, there's a possible $25,000 to win IMCA Modified Tour in Princeton and Brainerd in June with your name on it. My pick is the Brocket Rocket. <laughs> and Jason says, ask him who his arch nemesis is at the Grand Forks Speedway. I don't know if I have an arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. Anybody you ever butt heads with? I mean, it happens. Yeah. It, it's part of racing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just uh, every once in a while you have a night where things don't go right. But mm-hmm. you know, one thing we got a, a late model deal, they actually got a pretty dang good group, group of guys that, you know, you have an issue and half hour after the race we're having a beer together you know yep. so that's uh, that's what i enjoy uh, brian did you ever have anybody that you would not park your hauler next to in the pits oh I'm you sure don't have to was. name names but <laughs> i just want to know a yes or no oh you i'm know. sure he says. and then and then what town they're from and what number they were <laughs> well there's always that you know i mean uh, from week to week things change but uh seemed like there used to be a lot of you know maybe years ago where somebody get mad at you and it'd last forever mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know you don't hear that anymore that much you know um a couple of more texts here i want to read out uh this is from austin hunter and uh we miss him at the speedway no oh, doubt about sure. it but uh and and uh, we knew this but yeah. uh dustin and brian have helped my racing career so much with their guidance and knowledge couldn't be more happy to be part of their racing family uh mark says brian's grand am bodied late model was probably his coolest car. You remember yeah, that car? Was, Tell us about it. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was probably one of the only new cars I had for until we started building our own. Well, I guess I don't know. Did I ever have a new car that we built ourselves? I think it kind of a hand-me-down deal, but that's fine. But uh, that car there, Mike Faggers built the frame for me, and uh, it was a it was a killer. Mm-hmm. How many years did you race that one? You know, back then, you always thought you needed something different. You know, I probably should have raced it 10 years, but uh, I think I raced it probably two summers. Mm-hmm. Now, say if you're driving a brand-new car, whether it be an A-Mod or a late model, um, say you got a brand-new car, how long do you hope to drive that car, or will you give it however many seasons and then sell it? Now, you know, we could talk about updates and all of that kind of stuff, but what do you hope to get out of one of your cars? Well, I guess we don't really have a 
set time that say we'll run this car this long. As long as it's still I mean, winning, you're going to run it. I mean, these cars, the the way we build them, there's maybe more more tubing than there needs to be, but uh, they're we kind of build to to last mm-hmm. rather than to be good for twenty nights. You right, know what I mean? Right. How right. many years did Kevin Sexton drive that modified? I don't know, but I think he figured what he had over two hundred wins on that car. Yeah, didn't he on a one car. Yeah, on a one, one car. car. Holy, I think on he a mod. Hundred features. I thought he said. Okay. Or, or it was just bought there. Holy on smokes! On a one car, yeah. and then you see these guys running two cars. It's probably two, three years. But ah, I want a new one. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah, that's no, pretty like, crazy. I, I'm not scared to, to you know have a five, six, eight year old car that wouldn't wouldn't be competitive you know i mean right mm-hmm. sure oh for sure now when you see um you know a car had the 2020 updates whatever whatever explain what these updates might consist of well that could be a lot of different things i mean there might be a, a geometry change we find in the front end uh you know or in the back end trailing length angles lengths shock mount locations mm-hmm. i mean it can be can be a lot of different things even just the way the car flexes the X in the car and whatever. I mean, uh, there's just a lot of things that we might find something we get onto that we want to try on our own car. And if it works, then we pass it on to everybody else, you know? You know, and that's yeah. one of the things I love about getting you guys on the show <clears throat> is is there's so many aspects of racing and race cars that people don't realize, like flex and things like that. But so how often, okay, say we're talking your B-Mod jig, how often does that jig get changed? Or doesn't not? Well, it does some. A lot of the, uh, all the pieces bolt onto our jig. So, mm-hmm. I mean, other than where the main frame rail, well, even those pieces bolt on. So, I mean, if we want to make a change, it's uh, adjustable great. somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody is asking, Dustin, are you guys heading to Arizona? And the answer is yes. I hope so. Yeah. That's yeah. The plan. Yeah. Is, uh, what will you be racing there? Uh, modified. Just okay. A mod. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, do they run late model on that show too? Yep. They do. It's kind of a, I mean, dubbed a late model show, but they run modifieds and B mods with them also. Mm-hmm. What do you have more fun racing, a mod or a late model? I don't know. I they both have their moments. I'd say. I mean, I if uh, they both, like I say, I, I enjoy it both. Some nights one over the other, or whatever. But uh, I enjoy them both. So when you're doing double duty, it happens occasionally. Uh, you drive the late model and the A mod. How hard is that? That's pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, uh, the cars drive, I mean, they drive kind of similar, but the late model is just so more hooked up than a modified. I mean, I, I feel like it's easier to drive the late model if it's slow and slippery for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. The modified, you know, you only have an eight inch tire on the ground, takes a lot more finesse. But uh, when it's a, like the old Grand Forks on a hammer down big cushion deal, a late model, you got to be hanging on to the steering wheel. Oh, I bet. Right. I bet. What what goes in when you when you go in and say you have heat back-to-back? I know they try to do that in front, but what goes through your mind to reset? Yeah, just about happens every time to me. No matter yeah, because it, it, be, it happens. It be three, four heats, and we'll be in the back-to-back races. Every right, day. yeah. You'll hear that announcer up there, well, we're still waiting for Drustin Strand to get out here. He's, yeah. You know, he's doing double duty. But, but you, you get out of a modified, you got to be a little bit more finesse with and more, you know, yeah, actually uh, – Make sure to pay attention. You know, the, you see the eight-inch wide tire in the back, and mm-hmm. you go from that to a late model. So, do you go? Well, does the track give you anything you've learned in that modified to go towards a late model? Or is it completely well, different? I mean, you can you can kind of you know you maybe find where where the traction is or where a hole is here or there, but it'll give you a false reading. I've had times where you build with the modified and feels like. 
you need need to be more hooked up, so we'll tighten the late model up and get out there and it dang near rips your neck off. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you ever have the problem where if you're running both cars um, and you only have a matter of seconds to go from one car to the other, so your guys at the hauler, do they have the other car warmed up, ready to go? All you've got to do is get the belts off, climb out, climb in, and and go? Is is that yeah. a regular occurrence? Yeah, we're usually ready to go, and then... Uh, but then all of a sudden we'll think we got to make a last minute change. So they're yelling at me to get on the track. I'm getting belted in. He's underneath moving something around. Yeah. <laughs> or if I see him going like this at the last lap, that means get working on the other car. Yeah. Oh. Sometimes we'll have a signal. I'll tell them, yeah. you know, if, if this, if I stick my arm out the window, let's change that. So, and then, uh, but you know, Dustin, you kind of have a habit of sticking your arm out the window. Well, it's a different, it's not a different spot. though. Yeah. <laughs> You got to know the difference. Yeah, you got to. There's different signals. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. How many times have you been told by a flag man, keep your damn hand in the window? Uh, there was only one racetrack that was on me for that. But... Yep, yep. And uh, I think we know who that racetrack <laughs> might be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, I could sit and talk with you guys uh, forever. Um, and, and going back to your time, Brian, um, I didn't, I, I wasn't quite into it like i am now but um to hear the stories you know of the hall of famers and stuff um you got any of those really funny after the racetrack stopping at the local watering hole story because i've heard everything from guys getting shoved into garbage cans to fish bowls fish bowl the fish bowl story (laughs) you ever have one of those celebratory nights where maybe you you got a little out of hand my first years of racing, of course, Tommy. He was he was like somebody you'd see in the movies. You know? Yeah, he, <laughs> he was he was. He, I cleaned out his garage more than once with old body parts and whatever. He tell me <laughs> I got this or whatever. And, yeah, he helped me out a lot at start, but uh, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of things we probably can't talk about right mm. now. <laughs> <laughs> And you Those know, are the best stories, too. Yeah, yeah. and I actually learned uh, when Tom was on the show last week, I started, and I didn't really have the time to this morning, but I usually try to reach out to some of the older Hall of Famers I know and say, hey, give me the dirt. Give me something good on this guy. And I forgot to do that this morning because <laughs> it's always funny when all of a sudden you just go, hey, out of the blues. What about that guy in a garbage can at the bun, you know, or something? And then they look and they go, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> You sticking around most of the winter? Is that is that what you normally do? Normally, um, yeah. Uh, well, I had big ideas to uh, rent a house in Arizona, so I'm going to be there for some of the winter. And okay. I'll probably be back and forth if we get bombarded. Yeah, and that's okay with you? Dad taking off for the winter? I mean, he probably deserves it, huh? It's going to have to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, like racing, you got to get ready. schedule. He's going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be he'll be back some. I I just know it. He won't he won't be able to sit around and do nothing for too long. Yeah, <laughs> is that kind of the way you're wired? Uh, just hard to sit around and and maybe watch TV or the birds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. My evenings are pretty consumed with uh, TV and sleeping. Mm-hmm. Though, but Same with me. But during the day, oh yeah, they can't sit around. Yeah, um, yeah. like racing. Uh, there's a lot of things to prepare for in the winter, but farming, it, same way. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of fixing to do, a lot of things to do. Are are you ready for spring? Yeah, that's my problem. I can't get going on nothing until the weather changes. I don't have a big shop over mm-hmm. there, so it all happens at once. When it's nice enough to work on machinery, I should almost be in the field. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I'm gonna, 
I don't know my way around North Dakota that that much. I've been working here for 25, 30 years. You're trying to you're gonna try to go to Brockett? I'd want to know where the hell Brockett is. If you blink, yeah. you'll miss it. Yeah, well, I get that, but <laughs> where where is Brockett? Well, if you go to Lakota on Highway mm-hmm. Two, go north ten miles on Highway Brockett, One. On Highway One, yeah. yeah. And then we're a couple miles east of there. And so you're north. like in the tundra in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, yeah. The wind blows once in a while out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just once in a while? Yeah. It's one of those places that, that's so flat. If yeah, you look west, yeah. you can see the back of your head. That tree can only stop. <laughs> yeah. What's the population of Brockett? Well, you know, when we lived there, it was like 75. But, man, I, I couldn't tell you. No, I, I'd... I'd be guessing at 40, probably. Is there even a watering hole in Brockett? Not anymore. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there used to be two of them, and they were fairly busy. Yeah? I couldn't live yeah. there. <laughs> I, I couldn't live there. It's like my wife, you know, she can only, we've moved quite a bit through North Dakota, and she classifies a town that has either a Walmart, Target, uh, and then we could live there. Yeah. So if it's a, if it's a Brockett, I probably don't know. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be a no-go for this family. <laughs> um, you got, uh, you're heading out west. Uh, good luck. I'm excited. I, for I that, think bud. you're going to have a good time. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'd love to be able to go out to one of these races one time. Right. I, I think it'd be so much fun. Um, I just rely on social media, and which you do a good job of, or, or maybe your wife does. Um, but we always know how you're doing. And I'm looking forward to hearing some good stuff uh, when you go out there. And uh, I do want both of you guys back on, hopefully when the season starts. And, and we're going to definitely talk with you more, too. But uh, you guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, anytime I can sit down and pick a Hall of Famer's brain, it's a lot of fun. And, and the thing is, is I've always known who you were, Brian, but never really got to know you until I think it was your first, the party, the first one that I got invited to at your race shop. And that's when I really got to sit down and, and, and have a couple of cold ones with you and, and kind of pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, it's always it's always fun talking to you, especially when we get both of the Strand boys in here together. Uh, thank you guys for coming in. Pretty awesome group of guys, dude. Go kick some Thanks tail, man. Yes. We're going to try. Go give her hell. All right, there you go. Brian Strand, Dustin Strand, Chad Hoff, all on a dirty Thursday. Man, wish I could get out to Arizona. Well, special thanks going out to Do So Photography. Check out the Do So Photography Wall of Fame here in the studios of GFBS. He does some great work. He's working on Christmas cards now. In fact, if you go to his website, dosophoto.com, you can find out how you can get rolling on these Christmas cards and possibly do a lot of the stuff yourself. He'll do the tweaking and the finished product for you, and you are definitely going to be happy. Also, uh, might be still doing those senior pictures, but you probably should get rolling on that. Family portraits, business headshots, corporate pics. He does them all. If you want to look the best, do so photography can do that. Those uh, metal pics they do. At do so, they are incredible. 218-230-4325 is his phone number, or go to dosophoto.com. And like Paul, the producer, knows, he'll even come to your house and take those pictures for you if that's what you want, all right? Hey, tomorrow we start talking about high school hockey. The first of the three local high school coaches joins us as we talk to new Grand Forks Red River hockey coach Tim Scarperud. Hey, don't forget, we're now on Amazon Music. You tell your smart speaker to play GFBS Podcast, and we're looking for your five-star reviews on Google, too. And now we are on Pandora. How about that? Hey, make sure you like, share, and tag us. We're Grand Fork's best source, giving Grand Fork's an identity again.